Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, because we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, guys, coming in hot with a new episode from Six Pack Discussions. Cody and Jared here. What are we talking about today, Jared? We're going to be talking about a work-life balance. A lot of different publications have put out, um, you know, kind of a decline, if you will, since the pandemic started. Um, so Cody and I just kind of wanted to tune in and give you our takes on it. Yeah. Uh, today we are drinking a Sierra Nevada, a beer powder day IPA. We'll get back to that after the first drinking. Never had it, so uh, it'll be a new one for both of us on a ranking. Yeah. Yeah. Saw it in the store. Thought it looked thought it pretty cool. Yeah. So work-life balance, totally. I don't, I don't think this is a um, controversial issue by any means. No. Right, I wouldn't say that, but I think there's a lot there's a lot of uh, conversation around it. Like, okay, you know, is should it be more of a personal choice? Should it be dictated? Uh, who should be taking the you know brunt of making the money? Perhaps um, should you be spending more time with your family if you have one? Should there be guilt if you choose your work over your family at times? Bingo! I think yeah. there's just a lot of conversations because a lot of different topics over it. I know, I don't, I, and I'm sure we went down different rabbit holes. I don't know. <laughs> You know exactly where you landed and where I went to, but when I was doing a little bit of research, um, a couple of things that I found in my my notes that I kind of want to do. And, you know, they say this is kind of helps us maybe with the problem. Uh, over fifty percent of all employees report that job demands interfere with their personal responsibilities, meaning in their personal lives. Okay, so one in two employees say, yeah, unfortunately, I might have to do a little extra work. Maybe I have to stay stay till six a couple of days a week instead of getting off at five if you're working a normal salary job. Um, and then on the other end of that, 43% of employees say that their family responsibilities interfere with their work performance. That's an interesting kind of idea, right? Where, you know what, um, the kiddo's sick, got to take him to the um, you know, doctor, uh, I'm going to miss a, an important meeting, right? That would be that situation. So it's actually kind of, inter- it's like you're either saying that your work is interfering with your personal life, or you're the other half of people that's saying your family life is interfering with your work. There's really only 7% of people that say that they have a perfect work-life balance. And I think those 7% are lying. I'm sorry. Yeah, probably. Well, yeah, probably. Or they just maybe don't don't have a job. True. Good point. Good perspective. You don't really have your work interfering with your family life if you don't have work. So I'm sure there's some people out there like that. Or I guess the opposite, you don't have a family. <laughs> actually, that's probably actually yeah. a lot of people. And, yeah. and that that was actually a rabbit hole I went down a little bit is just trying to figure out, you know, what's the amount of money that makes people happy. Yeah. And it depends on your family size, of course, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, so what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, basically, I wanted to understand, first of all, it was very difficult for me. And I don't know if you were able to actually codify what the heck the definition of, you know, work-life balance. What it, What is, obviously, you know, it's, in layman's terms, it's, you know, balancing your work life and your personal life and everything. Yeah. But um, what I was trying to understand is, is what the heck does it mean to be good? Does it mean 50-50? Does it mean 75-25? I really couldn't land a definition from any reasonable publication to figure out, you know, what it means to have a positive work-life balance. There are just so many different factors and facets. Um, and, you know, to use your word rabbit holes, I guess you could go down. I, it was very difficult for me to understand what the desired state is. So therefore it's very difficult for me to actually form an opinion. Yeah, I know it, you're right. There wasn't really a good definition there. And the yeah, best I could yeah. find, how, how do you, how do you quantify it? Yeah. So the best I could quantify is I found this really great paper from nature, human behavior. Um, the paper was called happiness income. Probably you know, what? I, 
I don't know how to even say this word. It's such an interesting word. And I even try to pronounce it on like Google Pronounce. I still can't do it. <laughs> uh, Sagitation. Sagitation, I think it is. Income sagitation. Uh, I'll tell you what it means in a minute because okay. I had to look, look it up. In turning points around the world. Um, but really what it did is, is it looked at what, um, when you say work-life balance, you're working to do what? You're to earn an income. To provide for your family. Exactly. Yourself, for your yourself, family, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that you need to get is your happiness. That would be kind of like your life balance, right? So you have your work, which is your income, and then your your happiness is kind of like your, the rest of your life. And so what they kind of, they didn't really define it as best as what you're trying to look for here. But th- what they did is they looked at your happiness satisfaction, like satisfa- satisfaction and happiness with your life, and then said, okay, well, how much money do you need to get to a certain point? Okay. Um, and I think that's a good way to probably do it because people do work for not only, you know, maybe for a passion or some but, sort, but, but it's at the passion, end of the day, it's fulfillment. It, it is monetary. I, I mean, it's not just money. No, not at all. Not at all. Right. There's, there's a lot of people that work because of a passion that they have for maybe a certain, certain industry, you know, certain projects, certain yep. fulfillment, volunteer I mean, hours, certain identity. Yes. Truthfully. I exactly. Mean, yeah. Um, so anyways, in the paper, it got down to a number, which I, I would love to kind of find out what you would think. But in America specifically, we're going to be talking about here, guys. It, it is a global number. It's actually pretty close globally and also America. Oh, interesting. Um, but they have it actually for every single kind of area. So this is North America. It's actually Canada and, and U.S. combined, which unfortunately Canada is kind of like just a little brother. Like most time we're going to be pretty similar anyways. Um, and I'm saying little brother, not derogatory just like their smaller population you got two little brothers you like them yeah exactly <laughs> um what do you think so this is the number this is the dollar amount for a single person to pretty much if they have this amount of money that they're earning yearly they're going to be at the pinnacle of happiness and actually after this dollar amount happiness actually starts to decrease a little bit and this is i'm assuming in, in real-time dollars you know is this mm-hmm. recently written I is mean, this like 2000, 2018 okay cool uh, I'm going to go with a single person, just a person of one, family of one. Yeah, we'll go over families next, but yeah, Okay. I'm so. going to say 80 grand. Oh, dude, you're pretty close. Okay. Yeah, you're pretty close. So, uh, the pinnacle of happiness is actually 105. Oh, okay. I was a little off, but okay. Yeah, 105,000. Wow. 105 is the pinnacle though. Like it's it's hard. Now, if you get in between 60 and $70,000, that's actually fantastic. It, so there's kind of a couple different I know, it's weird, right? <laughs> In this study, was I went read through it a couple of times to understand it. Huh. It's a little confusing. So sixty seventy thousand dollars is going to be like really you're you're probably satisfied completely, and then everything after that is very incremental until one hundred five, and that's when it starts becoming bingo. That's yeah. the peak. Yeah. Okay. So sixty seventy is actually like where you're probably going to be one hundred percent satisfied to everything. I mean, think about it. You got your basic needs yes. taken care of at sixty seventy. You can still do fun stuff. You can still you know. 100%. Go out drinking with the beers, go out Friday for lunches. 100%. I mean, yeah, 60 and 70 so that's is a respectable why income all day long. Oh, yeah. So $60,000 to $70,000 a year. And then um, after that, it's like, you know, barely blips better. Okay. Every dollar. At one hundred and five, it's like, okay, hey, this is the peak. But every dollar after one hundred and five actually starts to contribute to negative satisfaction with now, life happiness. Now, is there a... You know, up to two hundred thousand. All right, then life becomes more fun. You know, no, no, it's every dollar. It really is the peak. One hundred five. Oh yeah, you're kidding me. No, now it's incrementally smaller. So it's not like it's like one hundred five and then it drops down to like you know being poverty level again. It's like one hundred five and plateaus at a very slow decline. Ah. So what happens is, and, and, and to huh. your point, this is interesting. You're like, okay, well, why? Because you would think that after a certain amount of money, more. I mean, money solves all problems, right? Well, here's the problem. 
usually when you have larger incomes like that, what they stated is that you, and I just want to make sure I'm quoting this properly, um, are going to have additional responsibilities um, that will cause additional stress. And so at a certain point, and I, I don't get it, 5,000, usually that's kind of like the tipping, they called it actually the tipping point, meaning that your- well, Malcolm Gladwell would be happy with Yeah, that. right, yeah. they called it the tipping point. And what that means is all of a sudden you have, oh, here we go, um, after 105, now you have high demands of a job. Ah, so you moved into a different caliber of job, different role. Bingo. Your time workload will be drastically more. So you're now not doing the 40-hour work week, but you're working maybe 50 to 60-hour a week. So now all of a sudden you can see your happiness going down. Your responsibilities are starting to weigh on you and your family. Um, and then also it says that you're, because of the increase over 105000 you start getting into a whole new category of materialistic values. So you start buying things. That so what you're saying are, is your core changes then almost. Pretty much, 105 is the max. Huh. So you, you start, start buying superfluous shit at 105. Exactly. Huh. And you're like, you know what? I don't need this. So tell me the family. So let me. Uh, so family of uh, two or three. What what what's the next? The craziest thing is there's a perfect metric for everybody on this, and the easy metric here is if you know how to do the square root of your household size, you can figure this out. So you guys have two. You and Brittany. Yep. Okay. Square root of two is, I don't like know. 1.4, 1.3, <laughs> right? Something stupid. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you guys, a family of two, the optimal amount, like the pinnacle of- The peak or optimal? Oh, sorry. I am saying the word optimal okay. is the peak because oh, it's like okay. perfect happiness. Everything's great if you don't make a dollar less or more. Okay. 148. 148. $148,000 is the peak. After, after that, it starts going down. A family of three is 181000 and a family of four is two hundred and ten. And so how I'm doing that for everybody listening is you take your square root of your family size. So, okay, so, so square root of four. Square root of four, two. Exactly. Okay, what do I do with two? You multiply that by the graph, which would be 105. So 210. 210. Huh. There you go. And so that graph is, you know, it, it's based on North America. Um, and you can do that also with the, uh, let's, let's go to like the kind of median happiness scale, uh, which I said 60 to $70,000. Okay. Right? You so can do the same thing. Family, family four, four, 140 is great. Gotcha. 140 is fantastic money for a family four. I mean, yeah, 140 is fantastic. For, for anybody. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that's a lot of money. And that, that's household income, correct? Yes. Okay, just make sure. Household income. So wow. pretty, pretty neat there. What do you think about that? Interesting. So a family of two, what'd you say, a buck 40? 148,000. So let's say, you know, both of us are making $70,000 a year. That is pinnacle. Right so there. we're not in two stressful jobs. Mm-hmm. But you know what's so interesting to me, man? Don't get me wrong. $70,000, a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Great Ooh, money. That's that's a household in most cases. But if it it doing, can be. I, th- I believe it's the average household. If yeah, I, if yeah. I, I think it's like 67, 68 last yeah. I read. Household. So if you're doing that times two. Yeah. Fantastic money. Agreed. However. You don't see each other as much. You don't. And that's where you can see where it starts kind of getting a little bit leveraged. And you, every dollar after that, you can see where all of a sudden you could go out. Maybe our schedules aren't going to line up. We're going to see each other on the weekends only. The whole like after work things, it's not possible. I, you can see where it actually, it does make sense. However, you know, cause, cause let's say, you know, I, I think $70,000, like I said, a lot of money, but there are a lot of jobs that you can, you know, you can grind, you can, you know, put in the extra hours, you know. You know, educate yourself, not not necessarily formally, but, you know, organically within your organization to reach higher than $70,000. That is an oh, achievable yeah. feat. Yeah. So with that, 
I, I, that's just so interesting to me because it's one of those things where if you retire making $70,000, I, I think sometimes people would feel underachieved. Possibly, but as I went through a couple I, back. Um, I guess the trade-offs that you're talking about? No, as we went through a while back, the millionaires of America have less than $70,000. Are teachers, yeah. And engineers. These are $70,000 you know, a year salaries. Teachers, engineers. Um, so that actually, you're going to retire probably fairly comfortable at that rate wage. So I, it makes sense. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say this data, this is great data. And so I don't think they're, they're wrong here. I don't think they're saying it's low by any means. Um, $105,000, that's a heck of a lot of money for one person to be making. Um, and of course there's outliers. I mean, oh yeah. I, I think, I think you and Anna are above, you know, you well, know, yeah. That and well, we have a three I, family I, though. So we're now at, you know, we have Lillian. And so that can kind of throw in another rental system. Right. Okay. Because we have a two parent two parent household, but now once you add another third one, you still have to be making now one hundred eighty one thousand dollars. That's yeah. a lot of money. Oh, it, it, I don't even, that is a lot of freaking money. Um, but what's so interesting? I mean, I guess. Hold on. So what is it? Two one forty to one eighty. So a kid is worth forty essentially. Uh, one forty. It's actually a kid would be bumpy up another thirty thousand. I thought it was one forty to one eighty. One forty eight. Ah, okay. I thought it was one forty. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting as far as the tax on time. But let, let's talk about, I don't know, my thing, I, I don't know about you, and I, I think I can speak for you just given that we do work together, right? I enjoy my job. Oh, yeah. yeah. To where there are times where, hell, uh, just a couple weekends ago, Brittany and I, we were, I was technically on PTO, I guess, and um, during a layover, I had about an hour, hour and a half layover in Vegas. I took a few work calls. Yeah. There, there were a couple, there was one external uh, client facing and then a couple internal that I had to call. And I don't mind doing that. Personally, I actually feel that much more valued. Like, wow, like if I step away from the office a day, I still need to interface with my clients. I still need to kind of collaborate with my teammates. I enjoy that. I get fulfillment out of that. So that's where it's really interesting. You know, you know of course, I have aspirations of making, you know, the, the 140, the 180s, you know, to properly to peak, <laughs> take yeah. care of my family, if you will, according yeah. to this data. That's all great and everything, but I, I guess I just don't get the trade-off aspect. And that's where I kind of want to lean into this conversation is, is not essentially a work-life balance, but a work-life integration in that you truly enjoy both parts of your life. You enjoy your life. You, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, you enjoy your family life. You enjoy your work life to where you really don't mind, i.e., you know, let's say you have to take an extended lunch because, you know, Lillian is sick for whatever reason. So you have to go take her to the doctor yeah. or, you know, let's say on a Saturday or maybe a PTO Tuesday or whatever it is, you have to take a couple calls. Like, like I said, it's just a more of an integration rather than yin and yang, rather than, you know, you, you are, you're not. Yeah. It's interesting. I, when I was doing all this studying, I've kind of thought, and I've worked really hard for like the last seven years. This is the first year that I've had now a, a child that I've had to also think about too, right? Where it's a, it, it's a little bit different when you spend time with your spouse, I think, than when you have a child now, too, because now you have to make sure that you are devoting time to each, each person. Each, yeah. And so I only have, I have less hours at home than I do at the work, uh, at the office. Oh, easily. Right? Yeah. Waking um, hours, yeah. Exactly. And so because of that, um, you know, every day, let's just say, especially with Lillian, she's only up till 7.30. So I technically only have maybe two hours of what we would call me, me and Anna try to call it quality time, right? So, okay. and we also have to cook dinner, and so that doesn't when I'm when I'm cooking dinner that's that is an hour. that's not quality time. 
Yeah. You're focused on your recipe and exactly. you're sure. eating, not quality time. Even if you're sitting at the same table with her, that is not quality time. Quality time is doing something uh, that's either you know child driven or parent driven with the child. Um, and so you're really looking at 30 minutes, 45 minutes of quality time that I get to spend with Lillian. And then I also have to make sure I'm doing quality time with Anna. So to kind of like, I'm not trying to push back. I, I want, I have always tried to make sure that if there is a request or a need from the office that I take care of it even after hours. You know, this morning I had an emergency and I was getting breakfast ready at 6.30 and I have a client on the East Coast that had an emergency. Oh, shoot, that was 8.30 their time. Exactly. And guess what? I called up. I also called folks in the office. That's your ass did. And unfortunately... Uh, that's, let's not get down that rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, not everybody has the same respect of a 6.30 call in the morning. Like, that is not fun to deal with. Um, but still, I didn't mind doing that. Uh, but I do now have a higher respect of maybe discounting the escalation or pushing it off towards a different point in time because I don't want that over, uh, overwhelming those small amounts of quality time now I have with my family. And so when I was reading this, I was like, oh, now I could see why, and this is there's some stats here, um, why an average American will actually take less money from their job. Um, and, and it actually says they will. Uh, so, so workers that report not having a proper work-life balance, be, people that believe that there are, their work life is interfering with their personal life, their family, like what I'm saying sometimes can happen, they, they would actually... Hold on. Let me, let me, go ahead. What did, what did you say? Workers that said that their work does not interfere with does their work. Life. Does interfere. Okay. Sorry. Does interfere okay. with their personal life. Kind of what maybe, I was just, Maybe I misheard you. Yeah, like the phone call at 6.30 in the morning. I'm just trying to think of a job. You know, let's say a, a reasonable expectation is, I, I guess, not the reasonable expectation, the the American dream, if you will, the the nuclear family, husband, wife, mm -hmm. two kids, yeah. right? So that's two hundred ten, two hundred ten thousand requires you yeah, for peak. I'm trying to think of a job where let's assume that the man and woman makes one hundred five thousand dollars each. Yeah, right? which this is absurd, but yeah, a lot of money. A lot of money, but yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think idealistic right here. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a job where I can make $105,000 and for work to never interfere with my personal life. Because if I'm paying, I'm the business owner and I'm paying you $105,000, sorry, but I think it's a reasonable expectation. If I call you before eight and after five, <laughs> well, did the check clear on Friday? Okay. You know what I mean? That's why I think that was like that little blip. It's, it, it, starts going downhill very fast after 105 and you can see why 60 to 70 is more likely. Dude, I think it's. I think it's before 105. Like now, remember, we're talking upper echelon incomes here. Yeah, no, we are. But anyway, so the amount of money to actually say here. So if you have people that state that their work or their work is interfering with their personal life, they would take a two to three thousand dollar less wage per year. Wait, did it break it down by gender? Uh, I have some gender stats too, but not specifically to this. Because, but here's actually a cool one: parents. Oh, my specific example. Oh will give up 5% of their wages. Wow, so let's say you're at the peak, so 105, 5%, what is that? Probably $5,100? $5,100? Yeah, yeah six, I was gonna say six to $7,000. I think it's like $5,100. Okay, yeah. so yeah, $5,000. So I will give you $5,000 less. Um, you know what, cut my salary, I don't wanna get a phone call after five. That's an interesting concept, right? So there are people out there, and that says the uh -huh. average American is willing to take less wages because this is they feel like they're spousal relationship and their child relationship is being stomped on because of those type of things.
Um, also, the average American states that they would turn down a $10,000 raise if it would interfere with their personal life. It takes $10,000 more. So if you say, hey, I'm going to give you a, a, a new job or a new promotion, you're going to get $9,999. <laughs> um, and you know, just so you know, you're going to be on call uh, you know, Saturday mornings or Friday evenings or something like that. The average American would say no. You say ten thousand and one dollars, and they would say yes. That's and that's a lot of money. Most raises are not even close to that amount. So you could see why maybe there might be a problem with people moving up the ladder or saying they're like, you know what, I don't want to take the additional responsibility because you're going to interfere with my wife and my child that I already have sketchy relationships with, <laughs> or, or not sketchy. We but, already talked about it in the yeah. course episode. Yeah, yeah, like not so good at relationships with. Um, that's interesting, right? What do you think about those numbers? Dude, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm in maybe I'm weird. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh everybody's different. There's outliers, of course. Of this course. The average amount. Of I, I I don't know, maybe maybe I sound heartless here. But I'm I'm sorry if if my boss is willing to pay me ten thousand dollars and hey Jared, I I'm going to be calling you at, you know, seven PM or yeah. six AM or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I know. Now granted, I don't have any kids or anything. Yeah. But it, it's one of those things where Stuff happens, you know. The reason why you're paying those upper, upper echelon incomes is because you're having to deal client facing, you know, engagements like yourself, or you know, you're in charge of a team, or I don't know. I just think I don't think it's that big of a deal, man. Yeah. If I, you I, like I, what you do, if you're passionate yeah. about what you do, if you wake up, no, I do think there are a lot of people stuck in these dead end jobs. Where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, two minutes after they clock in, for lack of a better oh term, God, they're yeah. like, oh, is it already five? Yeah. Let me go to the bathroom and chill on my phone for an hour or whatever. <laughs> um, I do think those are those people that were like, hey, I left at five. Don't you dare touch me. But it, it's also one of the things where, like I said, I am passionate about what I think we really solve problems. And it's really kind of fun to be a part of. 100%. So yeah. maybe I'm weird, but I don't mind. No, don't get me wrong. If the 6.30 client calls or the 7 p.m. client calls. I mean, I've had my gym interrupted oh, yeah. in the morning oh, yeah. more times than I can count. Now, if that became like, hey, two, three, four, five times a week, it's like, all right, buddies, like, yeah, this is getting real old real quick. But I mean, if the one-offs, I mean, how, how often does that often happen? Once a month, maybe that you're actually oh, personally? truly needed. Yeah, I'd probably say like I'm probably needed after hours or before hours. Truly before hours needed, is a bigger deal, but yeah. Well, just because of the East Coast, yeah, yeah the exactly. time zone, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I think it, it happens once a week, which I I find you know not a huge issue personally. And I went into this thinking kind of similar to you. And I still probably am on a similar page to you. I might not be to the extent I am saying that I think Because your is life a, has changed with it. Yeah, yeah, I think there is a balance of some sort. Like you need to kind of set a boundary almost. Um, and and this, is the, this is the only thing that I also... Let me just go through one more thing here. Is senior executives at the top Fortune 500 companies. So these are folks that are getting... These are the folks that are in that higher pay gap. Clearly. Right. They're not going to be excessive. These are not your your million billionaires that, that maybe some of our no, listeners. Think. I mean, senior executives, what a buck fifty at these Fortune five hundred companies. Exactly, and so a lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money, and then probably with a bonus, they're probably going to be at that two ten mark with a four 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 by themselves. Yeah, exactly right. Um, they're more likely, and I actually found out they're more likely to have a stay at home uh, spouse spouse. And so a senior executive will have, you know, stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad. That's just going to be where they normally are because their family just needs that or requires it. Um, but their number one complaint is later in their career, 
after they've been in that role for a while and their mm-hmm. kids have grown up and their spouses, you know, kind of, of course, put pressure on them is their number one complaint is that they did not properly balance how much work they did during quality time hours, which is interesting to kind of put a little wrench you in know, your system here. You know, I get that. It's also one of those things where I bet they got pretty accustomed to driving, you know, a nice car, driving back home to a nice home. Yeah. Driving, you know, to, to, to do fun stuff with their neighbors and their, their friends who become, you know, yeah. the similar income. You know, it's always funny whenever people, I've look, that, that story is old as time, right? Whenever you look back and you're like, damn, I wish I would have done X, Y, and Z. There are trade-offs to everything. You point me out an activity. There's an opportunity cost to mm-hmm. every oh, yeah. single oh, yeah. activity. Yeah. Heck, we could title this podcast Six Pack of Water, <laughs> right? Yep. You know, th- th- there's a trade-off for, for level of fun, for level of fulfillment, whatever it may be. So, I don't know. I'm not a big reminiscing kind of guy. I don't just sit back, damn, you know, yep. had I chosen a different college, I could have done X. Mm-hmm. Or, man, had I chosen a different career path in the military, I could have done Y. I, I'm not like that. I think every single action, whether it's a, a person, whether it's a professional engagement, whether it's a personal engagement, whatever it may be, has made Cody who you are today and Jared who I am today. Oh, yeah. So I'm not a big looking back kind of guy. And, and that really pisses me off, for lack of a better term, because, hey, look, all I can ever ask of anyone, and, and, and Brittany and I, this is kind of like our, our almost our family motto, if you will, to date, is you make the best, the, all I can ever expect of her or myself is you make the best decision with the facts that you have at hand. Now, no, could the facts yeah. change tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Sure. But oh, right yeah. now, we know X, Y, and Z is the facts. So let's make the best decision for our family going forward. Um, so it really annoys me when I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could have done this. Well, you you thought at the time you needed your kid to have the latest, greatest cleats and the latest, greatest equipment and your wife Private to have... school, and your crazy stuff. Your, your wife to you know, have the nicest handbags. Okay, well, you made a decision because yep. you thought that's what was best for your family. Yeah, it's a trade-off, right? So instead of having the you know Lexus or whatever it is, um, you now don't get to spend... Now you drive a Honda. 30 hours a year that you could have spent with your child. You're going to spend that working and that's the trade-off, right? And so I think what the idea there was is that when I was reading through that, because that was just part of, uh, uh, of a, a larger study that they were doing, and one of them was that they interviewed executives about 500 companies in the U.S. and also in Britain, and they said that would be their biggest thing. And they said, well, it contributed to my divorce. It contributed to my you know, lack of memories with my child and things like that. They're like, that would probably would have been what I've changed. And I was sitting about that. I was like, okay, well, that's actually a pretty good like station point, like if people are not in that role yet, now here's an interesting, or not in that role yet, maybe you're like, okay, do I care about those items that I want to have? Maybe the the relationships in the community, the new car, the handbags, all the things you were going through, or should I, you know what, I don't want that stuff. I want to drive the Honda to work, and I'm going to now instead spend the extra 30 hours a week going to the, my kid's baseball game. Mm-hmm. Whatever that might example. But I don't think a lot of people think about it at the point in time. To your point, they're like, yeah, that, that sounds great. It's a, a $10,000 raise. I'm going to go that route because I'm going to be able to do both. And what happens is you can't do both. You can't go to the baseball game and then also deal with an emergency at the office at the same no. time. And I think a lot of people you know, think of the money right away because $10,000 sounds like, oh, we're going to go on a vacation that we've always wanted to go on every summer. Mm-hmm. And I think as you probably noticed, I think vacations go down the larger your your wages go up. Yeah, isn't that wild? Isn't that weird? Yeah. So, anyways, those are some fun stats. I don't know if you got anything on on your side that you were kind of like, man. Yeah, man. So, so Microsoft has done a lot of 
a lot of studies about this. Uh, a lot of the articles that I kind of went down, apparently Microsoft, Mar- Microsoft is, just, I guess, the, the forefront of this work-life balance thing. And okay. of course, um, a lot of the articles I did were kind of hyper-focused. I wanted to make it real time on the, on the pandemic. And, uh, you know, I think in April of 2020, right? So a, a month after, you know, the world shuts down, oh, yeah. the, the two-week flatten the curve, we're right at the height of the three-week flatten the curve, I guess, in April, whatever it was. Um, a year and a half ago. Two years ago, almost actually, uh, what, 104 years. weeks ago. Um, <laughs> anyways, I think we already covered that in the podcast, but uh, anyways, they were saying that you know, vacation was down 83% after hours communication via Teams and, and you know, things of that nature. Of course, this is Microsoft Teams, this is a Microsoft study. I think after hours communication was up 46%. Um, Oh, wow. So during the pandemic, people actually were having bad work-life balance. Yeah. Yeah, because it was almost one of those things where because you were working from home, you didn't get that visibility. So now you need to be the, oh, I'm worried. I'm sending off Teams messages at 7 p.m. and 5 a.m., you know. It, 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 the managers start kind of demanding more at different points of time. So it's day. actually really interesting. And that's kind of where it stops. It stops at like, Hey, if your boss is sending 7 PM messages and 5 AM messages, it's almost an expectation. If you're sending the messages, the reason why you send a message, the reason why you communicate with anyone is you're expecting response back. Mm-hmm. Right. It must be important right now. Not 7 AM. Clearly. So if it's important to my boss at 7 PM, Oh shoot. Should it be important to me at 7 PM? So therefore the lines mm-hmm. just got blurred. Yeah. And I think the reason why I kind of made this this term, and by no means I wish I could term I could coin this type of uh, term, the work life integration. Oh yeah, yeah. You said that a minute ago, and I've never heard of that before. Shout out to Forbes. Uh, so is this is this article that I wrote to to I'm sorry, God, yeah, I wish I wrote it. Man, this this beer I guess is a little bit stronger than I thought. Um, the work life integration from a Forbes article that I read, it was pretty interesting because like, hey, you know. The great resignation is happening, right? And people, the yeah. main reason why it's leaving, uh, why people are resigning from their jobs is because, you know, uh, of course, the flexibility, right? Everyone is touching about the flexibility, the work from home, the, the flexible hours, you know. Yeah. I don't work the traditional nine to five. Maybe I want to work, you know, noon to eight or whatever it may be, right? Um, so a lot of things are pivoting. Which is weird because people were complaining that they were getting the emails at 7 p.m. Right. It's kind of contradictory almost. It is a little bit. And... and <sighs> Because you know some of those people working from home were probably taking the kids to school at different times. They were probably you know the, the doctors helping visits out. Yeah. And, you know, so during, cleaning, they probably were having doing yard more, work. Like they probably were having more flexible work lives. I would imagine. And the weird thing is, we're speaking not from very much experience because we only did that for the I think two, two weeks, weeks to yeah. curb the curve. Or what's it yeah, called? Flatten Stop. the curve. Flatten the curve. Yeah. Flatten the curve. We don't want to curve, curve the curve. The curve. Yeah, curve it down. That's what I was thinking. Dude. Curve the curve. You should not have been sales. You should have been marketing. Curve yeah. the curve. Why wasn't that cool? We don't want to flatten a, it. We want to bring it down. Such a cool. Hey, you know what we never did? Let's stop real quick. Dude. Beers. Yeah, we did crack open our second beer, man. Yeah, let's do it. So like Cody uh, introduced this, this is uh, Sierra, Nevada, Sierra Nevada's Powder Day IPA. It's a double dry hopped. And uh, to my defense, guys, this is uh, 7.7%. So... Yeah, Jones. So you uh, you picked out this beer. I did pick this one out. I love this. This is great artistic uh, use here with the hops actually or, or sledding down a, a huge snow hill on the on the can here. So honestly, you know why I got this? Why? Because uh, so my wife and I, Brittany, we just went to Lake Tahoe oh, uh, a few weekends ago for our, for like our anniversary. Yeah. Had a fantastic time. Sierra Nevada is huge. Oh yeah, and obviously Nevada, yeah. where we stayed. Um, so honestly, I was just kind of reminiscing about our awesome vacation. So this is why I got this year in Nevada, and 
powder day IPA just sounded kind of cool. It kind of cool, man. I didn't know the Sierra Nevada shout out guys. You guys are family owned. You guys are operated. And uh, I think what's that, what's that last word argued over? Is that really what that says? I don't know the story behind that, but did I say that? Yeah, that is hilarious. So, you know, shout out to Sierra Nevada. You guys are still making great beer, even though you're probably one of the biggest craft breweries, I think out there, at least in Arizona too. Yeah, now, we are kind of perfect. Clearly, we are neighbors to Nevada, so yeah. we know them as one of the bigger. Oh, that makes sense, actually. So, well, Sierra Nevada, I think, might be California, actually, because the Sierra Nevada mountain range, I think they're talking about. Oh, I guess I just thought of Nevada. Yeah. Is uh, it California? It is California. Chico, oh. California. Man, it's huge. And well, they're right there on the border. Whatever. Sierra Nevada mountain range. But yeah. Yeah, shout out, guys. I'm going to give this. This is actually a great beer. I'm not a big IPA guy, as you guys all know, so... Um, I'm going to give this probably a nice solid three, five. I'm good. It's a little above average for me on IPA. What about you, Jones? So honestly, uh, I've been a little distracted for the last, you know, however long we've been recording, what, 20 minutes or so, because every sip I take, I'm like, man, what is the highest score I've ever given on this podcast? Is that good to you? And I think I've went in three, three before. No, no, no. Highest score. I'm sorry. Four, three before. Maybe four, five even dude. Okay. If I've given four or five, I'm going for six. Oh my gosh. I think this is the best beer I've had on this podcast. And you know it's probably not brewed year-round. Like, this is probably a winter-only No, no, beer. a powder day IPA. That, that wouldn't work well in uh, July of Arizona. So you won't be able to buy this beer, and it's going to be your top-ranked beer ever. I'm probably going to try to stock up on it. Wow. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. So if I've given four or five, I'll give it four or six. This is the best beer I've ever had in this podcast. Wow. Okay, guys, <laughs> if you are listening right now, go find a Powder, ba- powder Day IPA from uh, Sierra Nevada. I'm happy with this. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, especially if you're an IPA fan because I've never heard it. He is. Yeah, he's all giggly about it right now. He looks like <laughs> a little girl in a candy store. Double dry hopped IPA, baby. I love it. I love it. So I guess, is, is it a job satisfaction issue on why there needs to be a work-life balance. Look, I understand. Uh, I think I, one of the one of the cooler pieces of advice I got from a colonel, I was a brand new butter bar second lieutenant. And truthfully, I've never fact-checked this to see if this is a quote that he just made up or if he actually stole it from someone. But he told me, so he's a full bird colonel, I'm a second lieutenant. We're just doing a, a fun little mentoring session right at the officer's club. And he goes, Jared, I want you to work so hard Monday through Friday that all you want to do whenever you leave the office on Friday is play. Mm-hmm. And then on the weekends or when you're on leave, I want you to play so hard that all you want to do is come back to work. Right. And, and it, it wasn't so much as play like, Oh, I want you to go party it up. Like hey, do whatever you enjoy doing, get that fulfillment yeah. out of your life. And then also get that professional fulfillment to where, Hey, you know, I took care of what I had to do. I'd, you know, did X, Y, and Z for my people. You know, I drove the mission forward. X, you know, I'm not going to, you know, get the specifics of an industry, but I, I really always kind of took kindly to that, man. I really like that perspective. It's like, Hey, you know, when it's time to, when it's time to work, you, you put your nose to the grindstone and you work. And when you put, when it's time to play, you, you know, we kind of do the same, right? You know, what do, do the family thing, do whatever you got to do to, to actually get that part of your life fulfilled. Not to disparage this kernel or anything, but, uh, Work hard, play hard is a little bit shorter, and you and you could use a little bit less words there. No, no, no. I'm, I, if, <laughs> if it only takes two words, I'd like to use 20, actually. Always. <laughs> I'll be like, dude, you just said work hard, play hard. The reason, 30 words. The reason why we started this podcast, damn it, is because both of us like to talk. So stop with that bullshit. <laughs> uh, I was like, that was the colonel that used to assign you like a 40-page summary. 
And yep. you're like, dude, I could do this in two pages. <laughs> but that's double what space. double space is for. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, I thought it, no, I it, it was there. just kind of it was kind of an interesting little uh, you know analogy quote oh, yeah. or whatever you want to call it. It was essentially what it was is like, hey, you know, whenever it's time to do family stuff, you do family stuff. Yeah. But then you know, I don't want to contradict ourselves because I feel both of us do enjoy our life to where you know family time at times has been interrupted by work. Yeah. And I just don't see a problem with that if you truly enjoy and get that fulfillment out of your work. It's very, yeah. it's no different than let's say you're at work and I know this has happened to you. Let's say your dog, whatever your Nana's dog is yeah. needs to go to the vet or whatever. You've yeah. taken personal calls at work. Correct. That's I I think. All of our listeners have taken personal calls at work. Everybody. So why shouldn't the opposite be true? Why is that kind of, okay, that's understandable. Life happens. Mm-hmm. But then the opposite isn't true. Dude, I, I'm on board. But if there's pleasure, yeah. there has to be pain and vice versa, right? 100%. 100%. So, so that's I, think I don't understand the controversy I think, that much. I think when it gets up to a certain amount, I think there's plenty of people, and I think I know several people that we work with, that will decline their wife's phone calls or Oh, not. that's a problem. Decline. Well, because they're in meetings for six hours in a day, you can't take a, a, a call, right? And so if you're in a, in a meeting with 10 other people and you're the one actually running the meeting, are you taking that phone call? Right. You're not. Right. So you're going to have to silence that phone call. So if you're in three, four, five meetings in a day, that's three, four hours right there. The likelihood of you actually being able to answer a phone call has now went down dramatically. So I, I agree. I, I think there should be, to your point, a little bit of inter- integration. But there are people out there that get to a point, and I can see why the 105000 or whatever that dollar amount is. It, could, it differs, Interesting that they, they made it 105000 though. I like that. Yeah, so that's, whatever that dollar amount is. That's that, hard to put a, put a number to it. Man. They do, though. No, that's I, know, I respect them for doing it. Statistically, right? Yeah. Statistically, that is the, the, the number. And so there, of course, is a number. It makes sense that at a certain dollar amount or a certain job responsibility, you're going to, unfortunately, take more phone calls during family quality time than during work time. So there's going to be that kind of like curve. And all of a sudden, you're like, wow, I'm actually working more during quality time. I'm supposed to be with my wife. I go out to dinner, right? And it's that one of those, you know, we only go out to dinner, say, once a month. With, you know, we try to do that date night. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, as a, a, a uh, most you, families. You in general. Yeah, me in general. And we do that date night once a month, get away from our daughter or our, our son or whatever. Dogs, yeah. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I get a phone call, and it's an emergency on a Friday evening. Well, I'm, wa- I'm walking away. That right there could have lasting effects on your relationship. And that's where I think there, there is, a, there is an, a possible issue. And you're going to be at a certain income level if you're getting that phone call. Agreed. You're either the owner of business if you're smaller, you're a senior management person, right. or you're just a manager that has a very high responsibility, right? And so that be why that would be why I could see an issue. And I get that. However, what should be you know clearly explained is the the trade off. Look, the income trade off is that what you're saying? The income trade off, the quality yeah. of life trade off, yeah. and I get that, and that's why I think it's so interesting that it is hundred and five thousand, and you know what is it, uh, one forty for two, and yeah. I, I, good on them for for doing the research to kind of figure that out, but it, it, it's it's one of those things, man. Where look, I, I think it's just all about reasonable, uh, respectful, respectful Boundaries. employees, respectful spouses. So I know, for example, there are very few times that you know 
Brittany and I, as we're getting ready for the gym or whatever in the morning, we kind of talk, hey, what do you have going on from going on today? And I'll be like, oh, I got X, Y, and Z. And she'll tell me she has A, B, and C, yep. right? So we kind of have an idea of what's going on in our day to where we know, you know, hey, sorry, babe, I'm not going to be able, I'm not going to be able to talk to you at all today. Yeah. Or hey, I am kind of got an easy day, yeah. right? It, it's Friday towards the end of the year, yeah. whatever it is. Um, so we kind of have that reasonable expectation, that respect for one another. Like, uh-huh. hey, so if I tell her I am booked solid all day, holy crap, I might be home. Yeah. And if I get a call from her that day, I know something's up. Yeah. So I will excuse myself from the meeting. Yeah. To whereas my boss, let's say it is 7 p.m. on a Saturday. I think the reasonable expectation is like if, if my boss is calling me at 7 p.m. on a Saturday, holy hell, I'm assuming something's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. But when you do this, just like what happened with the Microsoft study, what happens if that happens every single Saturday at 7 p.m.? The expectation now is, is that it's not an emergency. And I'm not... So if tra- everything's at a priority, nothing's a priority. Bingo. And, and I think this happens with us, you know, in our job, there's a lot of folks that make everything an emergency. I'm aware. Okay. So unfortunately, when everything kind of gets to that point, you can't really fix it. Unfortunately, human nature is whatever happened yesterday, I can do today and I can extend that more, right? And so it, it is difficult, but I can see why there's so much conversation on this work-life thing. I can see why people are trying to figure out what's best So for sure. So you know what's kind of interesting? And this is kind of a rough transition, so bear with me here. So uh, I know also saw a positive correlation to people who take a lot of vacation time. I'm sorry, not a lot. I'm not not as a not a derogatory term. I did not mean it that way. Actually, utilize their vacation time. Yeah, that there is a a positive response to that, as you would expect. Hey, I have a good work life balance because I take my two weeks of vacation or mm-hmm. I take my sabbatical. Yeah. So I really I intended to you know kind of end on that sabbatical term. You know I know a lot of you know Fortune 500 companies, Intel for one. Um, if you work, I think it's like. I think if you work for five years, you get a six-week sabbatical or something like oh, that. Wow. Just, just, just for argument's sake, let's let's call it that. That to me scares the hell out of me, especially in yours and I's profession, being in sales. If the company can last for six weeks without me, that scares the hell out of me, because that means I'm expendable, and they know I'm expendable because they just survived six weeks without me, six weeks without my revenue. Yeah. Right. So it's really interesting. And I feel like, you know, I know there's been, and I know our listeners can relate to this as far as tons of memes, as far as the American out of office versus like a European out of office. I believe it says something effective like American out of office. Sorry, rushing my wife to the hospital. She's hemorrhaging right now. Uh, please excuse my 30 minute delay in response to where that's the American one to whereas the European will be like, ah, felt like taking a vacation. I'll, I'll get to your email when I get to it. You know, just something to that effect. So yeah. It's really interesting, the American mindset, and, and you and I have touched on this in previous conversations to where like, hey, we produce, we want to strive for the next income level. We want to strive for the next promotion. We want to strive, we want to be the guy you can count on. Well, so that was really interesting yeah. that the, the data that you were telling me about as far as this 105 peak and the $10,000 peak. Well, just so you know, that's Americans. Everywhere else, it's much less. Much less. Yeah, it's just interesting. So we, we find that where we're happy we're happy with it looks like based on the numbers right most other countries are much less or regions even european asian things like that right are much less latin america caribbean very much less well you you've heard about coca-cola right 
oh, the yeah. Coca-Cola story in, in uh, Latin America. In Mexico. Yeah. So, so oh, you're going to do it? <clears throat> I mean, just in case our yeah, listeners yeah, go are for it. Yeah, yeah, so, so I, I, this has been 10 years since I, I learned the story in undergrad. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong on the story, if you remember it differently, but essentially, I believe it was Spain mm-hmm. and Coca-Cola. So I guess this Spain manufacturer in Coca-Cola was just- They're the ki- bottler group. Yeah, yeah. Kicking ass and taking names, right? Yep. You know, any quota that they met, they were just beaten out of the park. I mean, they're, they're just great workers. So the executive's like, hey, you know, I really want to show respect to the to my, to my workforce. I'm going to give them a raise. So they gave them, you know, just for, I, I don't remember the exact, let's say 10% raise. Great raise, right? Unexpected, unasked for, just, hey- you're kicking butt. I want to reward you appropriately. They all sucked the next day. The next day, they started actually working less. <laughs> they work. It was actually almost a direct correlation to however much the raise was is how much less they worked. It's like a ten percent raise, ten percent less productivity. Ten percent less productivity, ten percent less. I'm in the office, yeah. or uh, I'm sorry, in the manufacturing floor for that yeah. analogy. And because what it was is, I, I believe it was in Spain. And these Spaniards, you know, they kind of uh, said, "Hey, I only need to make." X amount of, uh, what do they use? Uh, not the euro. Is it the euro, I guess? Euro in Spain, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They may they only need to make X amount of euros per week. 50,000 euros a year. Yep, 50,000 euros a year. Now I just made $55,000 a year, so 55,000 euro a year. So therefore, I can take off 10% more time. Mm-hmm. So it was just so interesting to where other Americans, I feel like if you get a 10% raise, oh, hell yeah, man. I'm, I'm that much hungrier. I'm that much thirstier. I'm going to go get a 20% raise next year. So that, that to my point, right? You you just back this whole thing up, right? To my point, many other countries have much lower <clears throat> peak satisfaction happiness incomes, right? I think that's the terminology that they use here. So um, we are one of the highest, uh, other than Western Europe, uh, like Scandinavia era. They they have the hundred thousand dollars. So us and them were right there at the top. Everywhere else, very much lower. I think Australia actually is the highest though, which is funny. 125,000, which is interesting, but there it's weird. Their peak is higher at 125,000, but their optimal to your point earlier is 50,000. So quite a bit less. Oh, interesting. And, and they don't even have a range. It's 50,000. So it's weird. You give them $50,000 and you give them $5,000 more a year. Yeah. They're like, eh, cool. Not that big of a deal. But you, 125 is their, you know, they're, they're kind of, so it's kind of an interesting, they have a very odd curve in Australia. So anyways, we here in North America, U.S. and Canada, we are one of the um, highest, meaning that we, <clears throat> what I can attribute to this study that I read a bunch into is that we don't mind, to your point, work encroaching into our personal lives because we believe that income can result in a happier lifestyle in the long run. Yeah. Right? We're like, hey, you know what? We're making a little extra money. We can take a little bit more lavish vacation. We can buy a little bit larger, you know, car. This is a big American thing, right? We like buying a we little SUV. Well, well, we just like being in debt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to get to that point. Yeah. I was going to get to that point. It's funny that I was thinking, you know what? I wonder how much of this is like, hey, I can, I'm going to get in more debt because I know that I can work it off. Where in these other countries are like, you know what? I don't need to get in debt maybe, or I don't need these extra things. So I was wondering, I wonder if the increased income and I think we talked about this on a bankruptcy one. The highest bankruptcy rate is not people that are in poverty. No. It's actually people in the middle and upper middle income. Because they leverage every asset that they have to the nth degree. Yes. And that's interesting. So it, it's kind of a weird thing where if you're in that higher income bracket, 
doesn't mean you're probably going to be higher, you know, satisfied longer run. You might be actually declaring bankruptcy in seven years. That's weird, right? Well, it, then it, you're not happy then for sure. <laughs> you're probably really unhappy. Your whole family is going to be dysfunctional at that point. Hmm. So I feel like we're bleeding into a lot of different podcasts that we've done. I, I, I hear almost consumerism a little bit. Yeah. Because, you know, all too often, um, shoot, I want to say it was Jim Carrey. I think it was Jim Carrey. It was either Jim Carrey or Adam Sandler. It was one of the, the, the comedians of, of, you know, kind of the cinema. Recent, yeah. And they said, I wish everyone could be rich and famous to realize that money and fame don't solve your problems. Yeah, it's Jim Carrey, yeah. Is it Jim Carrey? I thought so. Yeah, yeah. And it, 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 it's so interesting. Don't get me wrong. By no means, I've tried to contact the bank and pay them with hopes and dreams, and it doesn't work. Yeah. Right. However, just because you can buy, you know, a nice car or a nice truck. Actually, I was, I was talking to our boss uh, today at lunch, and he had pointed out a, an affluent neighborhood and very nice houses. It yeah. was great. And he said, oh, there's some wealthy people living in there. And I was like, or not. And he was kind of taken aback. I, I said it very nonchalantly, or not. Yeah. He goes, what do you mean? You know, it's a really nice gated community. I was like, I said, you know, people that are broken to bins and balling in a Honda. I have met a lot of people in five-bedroom mansions that can't afford to turn on their air conditioning and people in, th- you know, two-bedroom shanties that, you know, can go to freaking Tahiti tomorrow if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know, all too often we get Face value almost look. Face value, but we, we get too much involved in the comparison game. Like, oh, yeah. well, well, Johnny down the street, he just bought a new Lexus or he just bought a new Tesla. Yeah. Well, I got to get the 2023 version or whatever it is. You know, all too often we get we get tied up in these materials to that was actually give us validation. Episode. Yeah. The consumer episode was all about this. Yeah. And so that's why it's so interesting. And it, it sucks that, you know, you know, and heck, I've admitted this very podcast that I would gladly, because I, I am striving for these upper echelon incomes that we've, we've talked about. So yeah. I am more than willing, and I've displayed that willingness and, and action, speak louder than words, of taking after hours and before hour calls. I do it religiously yep. if needed. And it's, is, is it maybe, am I, am I coming to the consumerism mindset? Am I consumering? I, I don't know. It's a weird thing. There's not many ways to track your progress in life. Right, if you think about it, and I thought about this many of times, right? Me and Anna kind of talk about it. Like, what is so you know, we all have so many years on this planet. Well, very finite. All we know is finite, we don't know how many. Yes, correct. <laughs> you know, well, let's let's just say the average American okay, 74. Yeah, exactly. So we, we all have 74 years. You know, if you're a male, you get you get a couple extra if you're a female. Well, yeah, because we do dumb stuff. Yeah, they're smarter. They're way smarter. <laughs> so, as, as proven so, with every yes. metric. So yeah. if you're listening or if you're me or Jared right now, you're you're dumber if you're a guy. Um, <laughs> you're going to die earlier. Facts suck. Yes. <laughs> so, but anyways, so we get 74 years, and so there's no progress bar. You know, there's no progress bar of how well you're doing. So you all got to, and this is funny, why wouldn't you compare? Because you that's, that's your progress bar. Yeah. That's like, okay, well, it's just like a computer spinning. It's like, come on, I need to get to 100%. You make every statistic relative. Why not make your life relative? Bingo. And so what is the easiest way to determine how well I'm doing? Oh, it's got to be the stuff you have. Well, dollars. Okay, dollars. Right. Yeah. Some type of number. That's what I was trying to get to. Quantifiable. Yes. Yeah, yes. quantifiable in it's your progress It's so bar. hard because you know what? Going around and asking people, hey, man, are you happy? It's on a scale of 10. One to ten. Are you happier? Because I'm a seven. I'm a seven point two. Just like this beer. 
<laughs> and someone else is going to be like, well, fuck, dude, I, I'm a nine. And you're like, oh, my God. No one's going to do that, right? So there's, a, hey, uh, how healthy are you? Uh, what do you mean? One out of 100. How healthy are you? I don't know, a, a 90? <laughs> well, dude, you look like a 70, but okay. Uh, <laughs> well, shit, I'm an 80. Okay, well, I got to improve. There's no other progress bar yeah. other than the money, which is interesting to your point. How do I compare? How do I know if I'm doing well? I only have so many years in this planet. I got 75 years or 74 years. Yeah, what, what percent? I mean, heck, you, you, you went through, through a newborn. Every single doctor visit. Oh, Lillian's in the X percentile. Bingo. You're always being compared. So as adults, as we progress, yeah. it's only mm-hmm. naturally that we compare what every adult has in income. And that's the easiest way to do it, of course, because it's like it's a hard number. It's not this whole random happiness It's scale, a secretive number at that. It, it, which is funny. But it's not as secretive as ha- people's happiness. Unfortunately, happiness is probably more secretive. Healthy is probably more secretive. Are you talking about like, people kind of put on a front? No, no, I just meant like no one really knows how happy they are because it changes so much minute to minute. Well, also, you know, from the recency bias, I mean. Yes, exactly. Heck, my dog just died yesterday. I'm like, damn. Bingo. I'm like a two. I think it's so hard. I get a new puppy. I'm a 10. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, so hard. But if you if you actually ask the same person several times every single day for like a year, I'm guessing you probably get a good average. But you're not going to do that as a reasonable person. But what you could do is say, okay, this person's an accountant. I can look up their income probably. I'll be probably within $5,000. Okay, I'm doing better than this person. Yeah, it's just Amer- you, I'm not gonna say human nature. I'm gonna say American nature. Hundred percent, and that's a good. Pro- I keep on using this term progress bar. I don't know if that's normal or not, but I'm okay it feels with it. like a I'm progress okay with bar. It. Yeah, like okay, oh, okay, I'm in front of this person in life. I'm winning. Yeah, which is interesting, and I don't think winning is. And this is the one thing about work-life balance here on my little show, soapbox. What is winning? Exactly. What is winning? Yeah. Uh, everyone <clears throat> dies, and w- when you die, what happens? Well, well, that's why I like, you know, I- I'm sorry, but you die. No, let's not be so morbid. Let's say you quit your job tomorrow. Yeah. You do realize there will be an open requisition for your job the next day to replace your ass? <sighs> right? And, and that's when I, I, I kind of, <clears throat> I didn't try to take offense to your comment earlier, but you did say, you know what? My job provides a, a thing of happiness and, and it makes fulfillment. Yeah, all those things. Identity, yeah. And you're saying that job? I think any job can provide that if you it find it can. Exactly. Any exactly. job can do that. Exactly. And so right now you're in a job, let's say, as, as a listener or me or you, right? Yeah. Feels good right now. Yeah. Tomorrow they fire you. Damn. For some absurd reason. The next job could make you three times as happy. Or three times as sad, but that job was probably not the reason you were happy in your general life. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. No, I, I agree with that, man. And maybe I was a little too overstated with that. Yeah. I, I didn't intend to come off no, that, no, no, you know, yeah. to where, hey, the job that you now, suck it up, Buttercup. You better just, you know, bunk, bunker <laughs> down for the storms to come. By no means am I trying to say that. Yeah. Um, what I was more so saying uh, is, I just feel like, you know. I, you were telling me a story the other day or the other week, rather, as far as retiring or, you know, the, the life expectancy or the life fulfillment, enjoyment, rather, just goes exponentially down after retirement because you could just kind of lose that purpose. So that's yeah. what I was just more so trying to articulate. It's having a job, maybe. It's, it's having a job, having an identity, having a, a reason to wake up. Hey, because I know I'm going to provide XYZ for my client. I know I'm going to deliver XYZ project. I know I'm going to hammer this nail. I know I'm going to say hi to this many people as a greeter. I don't give a damn what you do. It still gives you a purpose. It gives you identity. It gives you also a little bit of break in your life. 
It is weird. Uh, people think that retirement is the best part of their life until they get to it, apparently. Which is odd, right? Everybody saves for retirement. Everyone thinks, oh, that's when I'm going to be able to travel the world. I think, I think most, people, uh, most of the reports show that if people actually truly retire, their death comes a lot sooner than they would have been if they continued working till their death. That's weird to think about. So if you retire, let's say at 65, you're likely to die under the average death rate unless you actually work towards the average death rate. So let's say you don't retire, but you do a part-time passion project where you make some money. You're still waking up at 7 a.m. to get to your job at 8 a.m. And guess what? You're going to live till probably 80. You're, you're going to bump up the average. That's so weird to me that that's actually how it works. Um, the only other thing I was going to share with you, which is kind of cool, is... <clears throat> And I thought we'd get into this a little bit because we talked about income a lot. We talked about, you know, family life a little bit. But I wanted to get I wanted to understand if health had any type of like like personal health. Eating right. Oh, so you're talking fitness. about career fields? Um, no, no, no. Eating right and and um fitness and things like that. Because you, you kind of think of personal like uh work. And, and uh, what do we call today? Work-life work balance. Yeah, work-life balance. Right? <clears throat> well, part of your life is making sure that you're at least going to have a healthy lifestyle, right? I think a little bit. Like most people put their gym as part of their life, their dinners, part of their life. However, I think in a multitude of podcasts you and I have produced, people aren't so quick to kind of take ownership over their happiness at times. Correct. And especially their personal health happiness. I.e. diet, fitness schedule, yes. et cetera. So right. Here's some weird stuff. You'll like this because <clears throat> as people increase their wages, their sadness, hopeness, and worthless based on their health decreases. So I didn't know this. These are kind of weird So the wealthier you are, the fatter you are? No, no. So as you increase your income, yeah. you become healthier. Oh, Right, which we know already. Okay. But well, just from a, a ability to buy better foods. Don't get me into that one. I actually looked that one up. <laughs> you know how much more money it costs per day to eat healthy versus not healthy? I didn't know this. It was this small of an amount. Oh, so you know. dude, I might fight you on this. I might fight you on the source. Dude, you can feed a fi- family of five for like 20 bucks at McDonald's. It's a dollar fifty per person more. No way. And and guess what? This is the extremes. This is McDonald's versus fruits, vegetables, fish, and nuts. Not even meat. Meat is considered one of the lower end products. Fish. This is like a salmon. So, anyways, dollar fifty. Mm. It costs a dollar fifty. Five hundred and fifty dollars more per person a year. If you are are thinking about your health, you're probably going to spend more than that in healthcare cost. That's a different episode. I'm gonna, I think I'm we already stop. did it. <laughs> I, well, no, no. I think we should go into that one too. Healthy eating versus unhealthy eating. Oh, okay. I'm okay with that. What do you think about that? I think you're talking about healthcare costs. Again. No, 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 no. <laughs> we, we already exhausted that. No, one. no. I think we really should d- dive deep on on you know how to eat healthy versus not eating healthy. Eating. I got to do more research on that because I think that stick is bullshit. Because what I've been seeing from the grocery store as of late. Well, dude, no, all costs. We know inflation has affected health. 6.8%. I, I have been blown away for the last year. My grocery store bill has been absurd. Every, every, I, I probably go to the grocery store two or three times a week. Eh, yeah. Probably two times a week. I come back and I, and I talked to my wife, Brittany. I was like, 
oh my gosh. It's, it's a, so it's much more. It's so difficult to eat right. No, it, it has nothing to do with eating right. I think all the things in the grocery store right now are, it feels like 20% more than, than two Dude, years I, ago. I know inflation is only 6.8. I don't feel it in the grocery store. I, I thought more. Maybe 6.8 per month, maybe. Yeah. But anyways, so last little thing here is on, on at least for my part, and then you can jump in, but um, I was kind of trying to attribute, okay, <clears throat> I don't want to say that a lower income equals more happiness. And, and that's why I started doing research on, on health and family, uh, family wellness kind of thing. And so what I looked into is, okay, there's probably an income level where you are going to be not only financially somewhat well, but also healthy, or healthy well, uh, personally well. I don't know the right terminology there, but you know your actual personal self will be healthy. You're eating the right foods, and you're also taking care of yourself from a fitness aspect. You're exercising daily. So what you need to be earning, which is kind of weird, it correlates a little bit, $75,000. For a single person or a family? This is a single uh, family. Family, actually. Of three? I'm assuming? Uh, you know, it doesn't it state. It doesn't say. It says family here. Let's assume family of four, then. That's kind of the, I think that's a standard. Yeah, yeah. Mom, yeah, I, I would think kids. so. I, th I think this is going to be a little more, it, <clears throat> it, it carries better over more so people. So probably one standard deviation above the, the American household. So I, I think I think last I read is about 64000 65000 for household income. So $75,000 to $100,000 is there is not a much of a difference between how well you're doing from a health standpoint. Mm -hmm. You're actually going to be doing just fine. So it's weird because that's kind of the window where they say that you are happiest. And I'm guessing your health has something to do with that as well. Underneath that is drastically worse, right? 50 to 50, uh, 50 to 75,000. You're about double, not um, as um, healthy. Uh, when you get down into the poverty levels, less than 35,000, you are five, you're going to lose five years of your life, right? Five years of your life. You'll, you'll live five less years just because you're unhealthy throughout your lifestyle because of your income levels. So I was, I was trying to kind of contribute. Okay. Hey, work life. A lot of people think of family and I was trying to just make sure, okay, well, let's, there's probably a little bit of a healthy aspect. Like, Hey, if I make more money, I can spend money on maybe a gym or better foods and things like that. But at a certain point, it doesn't matter. And that's $105,000, apparently. So, I don't know. That's one other little yeah, man, tidbit I, there. Look, I, I appreciate it. Golly. I, every statistic. single episode, the word statistic has to come out of my mouth. I struggle with it. It's don't say it anymore. Say stat. stat. I, I don't know why I try to go stat. fancy with statistic. Yeah, stat. Say stat. So, anyways. Um, look, great stats. But, you know, as we kind of come to a conclusion of this podcast, I almost just want to say it boils down to if you enjoy what you do, it should be more so an integration rather than a balance, rather than a separation. Yeah. You know, I, I think this might be one of the, you know, I think we agree on, on let's, let's say we agree on a third and maybe disagree on another third and the other ones were kind of like, we don't have a good answer. Yeah, exactly. I think I'm disagreeing with you on this one. I think. <clears throat> so you think at five o'clock. Let's for argument's sake, let's say you make one hundred six thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at five o'clock, because you make over that peak, don't you freaking call me? You know, let's hear your boss is Jimmy. Jimmy, don't you call me at five o one? So don't you dare yeah, contact yeah. me before eight o'clock. If you call me at seven fifty nine, I'm ignoring you. Yeah. So again, 
<clears throat> I'm saying it's a balance. So we both agreed earlier that during the workday, there are going to be certain events that my family will intervene in, and Agreed. I will go to there. Okay. Okay. So there are certain events that will intervene after five o'clock on certain days or before, say. Oh, okay. So, so we're closer. Yeah, yeah, we are closer. So I'm just saying that, hey, I can't, it's a balance. So I can't have that happen every single day where my family intervenes, say, once every month, yet I'm dealing with this 52 times a year. Okay. So does, does Anna text you throughout the day? Yeah, but do not oh, ask oh. her if I will reply because the answer is I don't. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Does does your brother? Do your buddies? You you mean to tell me you don't text throughout the day? So it's funny you're asking personal. me. This is very personal. This personal. If you talk to anybody, they're gonna hate me on my texting ability because I just suck at it. I suck at texting, and if it's during work hours, the likely right when I showed up here, what was the first thing you asked me about? Uh, that, oh, about the, the photo. The, the photo that I sent you on did Sunday. I, did, I, did I text you back? You did not. And it was even on a Sunday. Agreed. I probably was doing something either for the house or I was hanging out with the family. And I said, fuck, my phone's on the counter. I don't even care. So It's fine. We've only known each other 20 years. It's okay. Fine. I know. Here we go. Didn't want to start that one. <laughs> but again, what I, what, so I think we have a little bit different opinion here. I don't, and, and our listeners probably have totally different opinions. My opinion on this one is I think, I think people need to understand that Money is not everything. So just because you can get a raise if you work an extra hour today, in the long run, you don't want to be that person that looks back and says, man, I don't know if I want, I should have spent more time with my wife or my kid or my kids or whoever it is. I don't want my work taking spot of that. So so maybe I'm the minority here. Um, so it was probably at around 8.15 this morning. I think my first meeting was at 9.00. So 8.15 this morning, I'm, I'm in the office. I've been there for about 20, 25 minutes or whatever. You know, classic email, you know, trying to kind of map it out my day as, as I feel like most people do. And one of my buddies, hell, one of the groomsmen at my wedding. Yeah. I haven't talked to him in probably a month or so. He kind of out of the blue calls me. Okay. We're in a different time zone. Yeah. And I'll tell him myself, I probably talked to him for 15, 20 minutes awesome. probably this morning. Was this Mike by chance? It was. Yeah. yeah, it was who's. It's weird out that I uh, understood that because he gave us a little follow. Yeah, I was saying he followed us up. So he's like, anyways, we can go to that. So he followed us up. And so he kind of found us. He wanted to kind of know about the podcast and know how I was doing. How you creepy know, that I know that, right? We have a, well, you kind of have the same password as I, I do. Know, to I the, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, so we, we talked for about, like I said, 15, 20 minutes this morning. And I was like, hey, man, I, 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 I looked up this weekend. But uh, I, I got to get back to work. But like I said, I, for lack of a better term, I, I crossed that, that personal life with yeah. my professional life for yeah. 15, 20 minutes. So therefore, I think it's a reasonable expectation that my boss or my boss's boss or whoever calls me hell, for all I care Saturday or Sunday or Friday, whatever it is. I, I think it's a give and take. I integrate my personal life when needed to my professional life and I do the exact opposite. I feel like we're pretty close. I just don't know. I just want to make sure that that percentage or or the amount of time does not ellipse the time that I give back on a certain one. And, and the only reason is is that I think those people now will become worse workers in the long run. Right? So I'm looking out for kind of both people here. I'm not trying to say like I'm all about people spending I don't want I I don't like I was actually I'm not a proponent of the 24-hour work week of some countries right now. I'm not a proponent of the 4-day work week. I am not. I think people should work 
for the period of time that they believe in, right? Well, right? I think that vacations drastically decrease if you do a four day work week. We could do a whole thing. Uh, I know we could. Yeah, but I just, I like, to your point is, I get it. You get a fifteen minute phone call, a fifteen minute phone call on a Saturday. I would, I would say that is totally fine. That phone call is five hours of quality time. That's where I oh, say. Oh, so I guess our disagreement is is the the time. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't. Okay, want... I can agree with that. I'm I'm thinking. I don't. Know, I feel like most crisis situations in a crisis, you're looking for decision. Yeah, yeah. So, but so the... if you're in that upper management, that hundred five thousand dollars, which is a manager or above, mm-hmm. likely. So I'm expecting a decision from him. Yeah, so I'm not expecting that much time. Yeah. So I so I like the decision, but also I'm probably going to follow up personally. Well. And that's going to be another hour later. Yeah. I'm going to do it. So guess what? And guess what? I might have another escalation later. And in the then day. obviously your mind isn't right with your family. Bingo, bingo, yeah. bingo. It's a, it's, a, so, it's a cascading effect. I get it. Yeah. And so all I'm saying is, is that, hey, I'm fine. If you're going to work a little bit here and there, cool. So, guess if, I'm what? The, so I'm if I'm an owner of a company, I don't pay even my COO or CEO $104,000. I pay them all $104,000 less and keep them extremely happy. If you want to follow the numbers, if you want to follow the stats. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm obviously making a, a joke out of yeah. it. I get your point. I, I guess I didn't realize the extrapolation that you were doing as yeah. far as saying, hey, you know, from a time commitment, not only are you looking for a decision, I guess I was just thinking very myopic, you know, so I'll tell myself here as far as like, hey, if I'm taking a 15-minute phone call and work on a Saturday, okay, give me the back brief, give me the bottom line up front, mm-hmm. boom. Yeah, if it decision. works like that, that's great, but I think a but lot of folks doesn't. end up spending 60 hours a week, right? You hear about these people that spend 60 hours a week doing this. That means there's 20 hours of quality time that they're taking away from their family. That person's going to burn out. They're going to divorce their wife. They're going to have horrible relationships with their children. All of those things... non Exactly. And all yeah. of those things will ruin that person's future potential for the company. And personally, it's bad. Yeah, so man. that's what I'm trying to say is like, hey, you know what? If you expect 40 hours a week, I get it. I'm going to take 50, 15 minutes here for myself. Yep. But you can take 15 minutes later on another cool. time. That's still, it's still 40 hours a week. That's what we agreed to. That was what the contract was for. However, and look, I know we're coming to the... the yeah, dude, we are hot on the... <laughs> I, sorry, I sorry, guys. If, if you tuned out, great. But this is just, you know, kind of Cody and I's beef right here. You have unselfishly admitted... To our boss's boss, to our CEO, uh-huh. and he admired you for this. For lack of a better term, you block off. I know you don't actually block off. Well, actually, you might do. F off time, right? Uh huh. Yeah, it's called personal work time. Yeah, <laughs> is that what it's called? Uh huh. I mingle with other people. Do I you make some think you're the minority or the majority? I am the minority in stating it. Are you, but I'm no, definitely no, no, part of the majority Thank of you. people that do it. I'm I think I think it's that. safe to say a. I would almost say 99 because I'm sure there's some person that just busts their ass every day. Click, 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 click all day long. The majority of people, yes, have some yes. f off time. Not even built in. Yes, like you said, do they mind in a minute? But they kind of f off throughout their day. Yes. So I'm not in a way. Hours. I'm paying you for 40 hours. Mm-hmm. You clearly didn't give me 40 hours Monday through Friday because you have admittedly built in F off time to, and look, there's importance to mingling with marketing, to mingling with yes. the other, you know, yes. departments. I get there's importance, but if your job, your job, what you're hired to do for our specific companies to drive revenue. Mm-hmm. So anytime you're dicking around with all these other companies, yeah. you're not driving revenue. So there is F off time. hundred percent. And I get that. I'm a, I'm for that. However, that is not what you're paid to do. 
So that's why I kind of like, I'm okay with the integration piece to where, hey, if I'm going to have off time, then they get work time whenever I'm effing off. Yeah, I, I think the only, man, we got to fucking end this. I now. know, dude. We, we got to end it. Like, now. Quick. Now I'm done. Like, oh. I'm done. I'm going I'm to hard stop here. I, Damn, I I'm think, okay with the last point. That means I won. I, I know. Like it. Well, well, I think I'm no, gonna, no, no. I'm gonna judges, tell judges come in. No, I'm, we're coming dude. in right here. We're gonna end this, guys, because <laughs> I think this is a great episode for people to listen. If they care about their work, if they care about their personal life, um, I think this is complicated. I think it's complicated. Oh, it's not easy. Clearly, not easy. me and Jared don't agree on this 100%. I think we're close, though. I, yeah. I think on principle, we're okay. Yeah, I think in principle, the idea is that we don't want to be stealing from our employer. But we also don't, don't want to be steal it from our family. Exactly. Right. And and our families are very important, right? Your wife, Agreed. your your husband, your kids. The last thing you want to do is look back in 20 years and say, man, I should have spent more time there. Right. I am saying that is very dramatic. But the last thing you also want to do is not be able to provide for them. Agreed. Right. So so the 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 situation is that you need to do both. And there's a balancing act here. Maybe not an integration to Jared's point, but a balancing act a little bit. Um but you need to figure out, okay, hey. My thing is, is balance is never achievable because no one knows actually what the right equation is. Is it 50-50? Yeah. Is it 60-40? Yeah. That's why I wanted to move and pivot towards the integration piece. I like it. So. I like it. Okay, guys, uh, where do you find us, Jared? Hey, as always, man, at Six Pack Discussions, you know, as Cody just alluded to, um, we just interacted with one of our followers today, a yeah. new follower, you know, uh, yeah. one, one of my buddies, uh, followed us and called me shortly thereafter. <laughs> so I love it. It's it kind of fun. Um, please give us a follow at Six Pack Discussions. We love interacting with our listeners. We love getting new podcast discussion points. Um, and we also love learning when we're wrong. Um, Cody and I, we, we kind of challenge each other to continue to learn and continue to kind of push our points of view because we are not always right, uh, no matter what we try to tell you. Um, so please, guys, uh, give us a follow and, you know, let's interact. So um, thanks, guys. Later, guys.